Welcome to the Dirt Reporters podcast for the week of March 29th. I'm your host, D-Swab Derek Kessinger. Joining me today is Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. Kovac, I survived Vegas. You got a nice little FaceTime there on a Saturday night. Uh, I was feeling good. We survived it. No racing this weekend. So you got to see my uh, prime shape there in Viva Las Vegas. Yes, this was, for anyone who doesn't know, this was the big bachelor party weekend, uh, the big send-off, the uh, Suave's last ride, I think it was called, right? Uh, so uh, there was a good a good group of people out there with Suave. I saw Sludge, uh, Derek's dad, was out there keeping, you know, making, making sure the boys didn't get in too much trouble, right? I saw him, yeah, you know, like, he, he, he was overseeing stuff, you know, and... Uh, had his drink local shirt on the one day, I believe I saw. So uh, it looks like they made it back. Derek wasn't thrown up on a mattress up under the roof of one of the casinos or anything like that. So they didn't have to go to Mike Tyson's house and, you know, battle a tiger or anything to, to, to find him. Uh, so big weekend for D Suave. Couple, it's going to like three weeks away is the real, the real big day though. The real big day comes in uh, three weeks. Yeah. That'll be a uh, year before you know it. Looking forward to that. Robert. All the national series gets rained out. Uh, just bad weather outlooks. You had the thaw bra got postponed, and actually they got or canceled. They actually had like four or five inches that happened on Saturday night there up in Davenport, Iowa. But you got to go to the racetrack. How was it? It probably felt good to be back and smelling that gasoline. It was. Uh, we you know it's the local show, Duck River ran they were able to get the show in they had 24 i believe 602 late models 15 limited late models we we carried our car out and raced a little bit and it was nice to to be out at a racetrack uh it was like mid 70s wore shorts all day long i actually got a little hot there for a little while carried my jacket to the track and didn't put it on till we were getting ready to, to load up uh to to come home so yeah it was it was nice here in in middle tennessee uh, of course, we had those storms on Friday night and a lot of rain, and it was, uh, you know, a lot, lot of, uh, it was kind of wet here and there, but uh, but Saturday, the weather on Saturday was absolutely wonderful here in Middle Tennessee, uh, despite the the storms that came through Mississippi and Alabama and a portion of Tennessee. You had a tornado, actually, in my hometown, about 15 miles from me, uh, nothing in comparison to what the people in Mississippi had to deal with, and so... You know, I really feel for those those people in Mississippi, a lot of our friends, uh, a lot of our several of our listeners uh, live down in that area. And a lot of our friends, uh, race friends are down in that area, too. So uh, definitely our, our prayers go out to them. But as far as us here in Middle Tennessee, it was a, it was a wonderful Saturday. Yeah, hopefully all the people in Mississippi uh, didn't get too much damage on their stuff and survived. You know, the big storms that happened there this past weekend. Uh, what place did the Jimmy Gray Suave Talk house car get? We uh, they had 15 cars. We started seventh, fell back to ninth, ran. Uh, we got up to sixth, and then uh, Jaden Frame got by us. Jaden Frame actually, uh, Jim got together a little bit with Jaden Frame. We had to go down there and and, and apologize. They on the first lap they kind of got together and cut down Jaden's uh, left front tire. They started I think side by side, and uh, Jaden went to the back and came back up through her. And without four, about four laps left, Jaden was able to pass us back and take uh, take sixth place. And he, I think Jaden maybe got up all the way back up to fifth. But uh, but we finished seventh with our little crate motor, you know, with those limited 
limited guys. I wish we had about 200 more horsepower, but it is what it is. It's the only class we have to race there uh, that our motor, you know, is legal in there at Duck River. So we're just kind of kind of digging as best as we can right now. Kyle, uh, slow weekend for the racing world, obviously, besides Robert Holman putting on a show there at Duck River, him and his race team. Uh, what did you do this past weekend? I know it was uh, kind of relaxing, or did you go do something, or were you grinding, or what were you doing? I was just chilling for the most part. I was uh, actually, last week I had visited uh, with Dwayne Hommel and his family down in Tennessee in Newport, and so I had made those arrangements uh, leading into the Bulls Gap weekend, but ultimately uh, that was canceled. But working on a long story there that'll appear, uh, I believe, in September um, on the website. So um, had a, a good time with his family and just getting to know uh, Dwayne Hommel, um, 2002 Southern All-Stars champion. So um, just to get to know his story and you know, I had never seen Dwayne Hommel race. I was six when his accident happened in 2003. And so, and uh, so just to get to know his story and, 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 you know, what he's accomplished and uh, really looking forward to, to putting together this story. I, I think the Dirt Late Model fans and community and, and Dirt Late Model world is really going to enjoy it. So I uh, just had some extra time to, to uh, you know, dig up some history there, and and to uh, get to know Dwayne's story better, and and uh, and so yeah, it was uh, really good to just spend some time with his family, and and uh, he'll be out at Bulls Gap on April sixth for Kyle Larson's race. So those who are looking forward to um, saying hey to Dwayne and 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 his family his mom and dad, uh, that take care of him. Uh, he'll be out, uh, next Thursday night. So, uh, as far as I know, so, uh, I had a good weekend, had plans to be in bulls gap and that was canceled. And then my plan B was to go up to Williams Grove and Port Royal on Friday, Saturday, but then the stupid weather, you know, ruined that, but, Darn it. uh, yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, uh, I haven't seen a late model race in person since, gosh, uh, all tech at speed weeks. I mean, it's been almost two months, so it's, uh, I'm ready to get back after it. It's annoying. So, um, but no, and enjoyed my weekend and, and, uh, just kicked back and relaxed. Yeah. The weather always in March, maybe at beginning of April, always suspect it can be cold. The season's still changing. A lot of wet weather. Kovac, you came up with this like idea because this will be a shorter show since we had no racing this past weekend. So we're just going to go straight into the topic of just how to deal with cold weather, just sloppy conditions when it gets wet and cold, just stuff we don't like to do. But before we say what you do to stay warm, what is your mindset going into a race weekend when you say, when you see weather saying mid 40s, high 30s? Like you've been to several Line A 100s. It's had that weather forecast before. So what's your mindset going to the race uh, that weekend uh, when it's kind of lower temperatures might be de- or wet and damp? What's your, what are you thinking there headed to the track? I'm thinking, damn, 
first, you know, <laughs> I'm like, damn, this has to be this cold. Why, why is, why is the temperatures got to be like that? Uh, but it, it is kind of weird. Like now when you see that you'll be like, they might be, they'll probably be canceling the race, you know, or postponing it or whatever, uh, which wasn't always the case. I mean, there was, these tracks used to really run and it doesn't matter how cold it was, it seemed like. Uh, cause I've, I know because I've been to plenty of races that where I was freezing and my back's hurting from standing there and shivering all night long and, and, and all that. And, um, but, uh, it, it is, it's, I, it is a little different now, obviously we're, 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 I don't think everyone's willing to put up with the, the real cold temperatures. Um, you know, the older you get, the, the more you don't want to do it. I mean, I, I Hey, I, I used to. I used to probably not even care about like the, the temperatures when I'd look at it, when I'd look, I mean, I used to go to super dirt week at Syracuse um, in, in New York every October, which was some of the coldest temperatures you could imagine for racing. I mean, it would be like, there'd be snow on, on cars in the morning uh, uh, before the bit for the big race on Sunday before, I mean, I've gone out of the hotel room and there was, there, there's a, you know, uh, you have to push snow off your car in the parking lot of the hotel. Uh, and people didn't, I guess, I, I, obviously you don't, you didn't used to have the temperature, you know, the, the weather apps and, and such good weather forecasts uh, to really, uh, to, to be pushed on you, I guess. And, but I also had the, the, I mean, I wanted to go to that race. I mean, I, I, I had a Billy Pouch winter coat. That I, I wanted it to be cold. I mean, I think I might have wanted it to be cold sometimes. You wanted to flaunt it. I wanted to be able to wear that. In the summer, I couldn't wear it. Um, no. I got that coat in 1988 when I was 15 years old. And I'm like, I got, man, I, I want to be able to wear this. And so uh, it, I kind of liked it when it was cold. <laughs> My blood was flowing better too then, I guess. So I wasn't, I didn't get as cold maybe, but uh, you got to put on a lot of layers. That's for sure. Um, it, it just seems like today everyone doesn't want to put up with that because there is the option of watching the stream of a race too. And obviously promoters are, are, are seeing that, uh, it's, uh, there, there's been some cold ones though. And I've always, uh, I've never, never used to really care about it, but now I do. <laughs> Robert, Tennessee boy, we're, you're kind of around the Mason Dixon line. So you don't probably like the frigid temperatures or used to them as much as you know me kyle and uh kovacs so how when you look at the weather report you're headed to a race and you see it might be a little bit cold just how do you mentally prepare yourself for the big time event coming up that weekend well you know first of all it's it's amazing how you you do adjust you know i lived in LaSalle, illinois for a year and the cold wasn't it didn't bother me after two or three months that your body adjusts to it and you don't get as cold anymore and, and you and you are able to deal with it a little bit better. But now that I've been back here in the South for, you know, 20 plus years uh, and I'm getting older, I just don't appreciate cold weather like I, I used to. I used to go race if the gates were open. I would go, I would go out and race. I don't care if it was 20 degrees, 120 degrees, degrees when the, when the gates are open, I felt like I had to be there. I am not that way anymore. Uh, if it gets below 50 here at my house, I don't even want to go out to my shop and work. So that's kind of where, where I'm at as I, as I get older. Uh, but I, 
mentally, you know, you just have to, you have to layer up. You have to just layer up. And as, as you're working 20 years ago, I never went into a press box either. So that's a different situation for, for me, at least now as you can kind of go, there are some press boxes where you can go huddle into. I remember when I was working at uh, the LaSalle, the, the news tribune there in LaSalle, I went to a football game and this press box was like a closet one time and, and you, I couldn't, and I had to stand outside on this like area and watch this football, high school football game. And I about, I froze to death, but now most press boxes, at least that we go to are big enough where if it's really cold, you can kind of huddle in there somewhere and kind of get warmed up. Uh, that wasn't the case 20 years ago when I was actually, writing and taking pictures you know when you're having to stand out in the infield and take pictures as well you know i feel for these videographers i feel for these photographers their their fingertips you know they can't feel them i don't understand how they have any feeling in their fingers when they get done at the end of the night uh so but me now after after covering high school football for so long uh for like 14 years before i you know before i came here 10 years ago or whatever i just layer up i've got i've got you know under armor i've got nike stuff that i wear uh you know and, and it, i actually don't get that cold anymore um i've been walking around with people they're like oh my feet are freezing i'm like are you serious you know they're like yeah and or my you know i wear i have my my winter hat or as we call it here in the south the toboggan uh i've got uh, my gloves you know i don't i don't really the cold because we're able to get in and get warmed up some you know and it helps guys you know you know if you can find somebody at the track uh, somebody to talk to to racetrack in the pit area to go kind of stand inside these haulers are nice now by the way you know they're not like they were 35 years ago either uh so these haulers you can go stand in the back of a, a truck and talk to somebody for for 10 or 15 minutes and kind of get warmed up as well so uh, there are a lot of things you can do to kind of stay warm nowadays. Um, but I will say that I don't look forward to it. You know, when I see a weather forecast for 45 degrees in East Tennessee and, and I have to go to one of those tracks like 411 or Smoky Mountain or, or Bulls Gap or something. And I keep thinking to myself, oh, please, no, don't don't make me go here. Please don't. I don't want to do this. Uh, I'm a trooper. I'll do it if they're racing. But but I don't appreciate it like I used to. Yeah, when I see the weather report, you know, and I see 45 or below or, you know, high 40s, I always got to make sure what the wind is because I feel like if it's calm and not that windy, you guys all know that, whether you get that, you know, wind chill factor a little bit, makes it a lot worse. So I'm always checking, I'm checking the wind more than actually the temperatures, Kyle McFadden. Yeah, usually I'm like, I don't check the wind. I usually forget to check the wind, and then I get there to the track, and I remember some nights where it's uh, – It could be like – it could be 65 degrees, and but a big 25, 30-mile-per-hour yeah. winds. It could be like feeling 50s and 40s. Yeah, no, totally, and especially once that, you know, cool cool night air comes in and, and, and the sun starts to set, you know, that really turns the table. So, um, you know, as far as <laughs> – mentally preparing for a race weekend or a race night 
where things could definitely get a little chilly. I mean, I'm looking at this weekend for farm farmer city and, uh, you know, Saturday looks cold. So, um, you know, I'm already thinking about this weekend and trying to mentally pre prepare for that and what to, what to pack there for that. And, and, uh, yeah, so, um, I was just going to piggyback off of what Robert was saying. Like, you know, I covered high school football for a handful of years. And so, you know, I guess you build up that tolerance, you know, covering high school football in the late fall into uh, the month of December. And it's almost like now it's like, you know, going, at least for me personally, like I don't, personally don't really mind the cold, um, you know, cause it, it can get cold up here in Northern Maryland. And so, um, you know, as far as you just have to be mindful and layer up and, um, but you know, if you don't layer up, it can be a long night, <laughs> it can be a long, miserable night. And so, um, definitely for, for our sake as reporters, making sure that, you know, we stay as warm as possible. So we stay mentally sharp and, uh, you know, report everything that we need to uh, report on. Kovac, are we like in this world now? Like you said, we have better weather apps. Um, just like when you look at that wind and you're just like, oh, my goodness, 30 mile per hour wind is just going to make it worse because when you're outside and you're just feeling that cold windy air makes it makes it not very good i remember the windiest scenario was practice night for an ndrl race in el paso texas and we had the very famous hall of famer steve gigas said michael if this was a regular show we would not be able to you know videograph it or you know shoot video for it it was that cold if steve gigas is saying that it had to be pretty windy Yeah, and, and Gigas, he doesn't even wear a jacket, you know, right? Right, right, Derek? I mean, like a little Steve is, he, Zip up. He, has, he has layers on, and he has his hoodie sweatshirt, but he never wears it. I've, I've never seen him put, a, like, a winter coat on over top. So that, I, I, I've, never, I've never agreed with his, uh, his, his winter wear there. I always thought, Steve, man, come on, get a jacket on top of that. Give you a little extra. Uh, windbreaking ability, especially since he's always up on top uh, where the wind's going to be the worst. Uh, but yeah, that wind is terrible. I look at that. Uh, yeah. Like you, like, like Kyle said, like, you know, or, or Derek, you say like, you look at 45 degrees, it ain't too bad. If you're going to have uh, you know, pretty calm conditions, man, if it's like a 20, 30 mile power winds, those are the ones I remember the most, uh, the, the, uh, the freezing nights at racetracks where uh, like, I, I still remember, the, the Screven race. We have talked about that on this podcast before that winter freeze, the one year where, man, it was so windy, 30 mile per hour all night long. And you could not get away from it. I mean, and, and it was, I've never had seen so many people in such a little tiny, uh, uh, you know, announcer's tower that still had holes in it also, which it's hard to get away from. I know Robert knows about that place. And, uh, and, and some other ones I, I can, so you say wind, I can remember, I think it was back in like 1996 or seven. I was covering a stars late model race at Williams Grove 
and it was it was like an April race. It was so windy. I mean, there were barely any people there. This is another reason why they don't run like in racing like this. They kind of learn their lesson. There were so few people there because it was 30, 25, 30 mile per hour winds all night. I remember standing alongside of a trailer and, and just kind of in the pits and, and like to break the wind and then peeking out around the corners. You, you couldn't even really stand in it. I mean, it was just so wicked. And, and, and a few years ago at, uh, at Ocala in Florida, again, remember, we speed weeks are some of the coldest races we've, we've gotten over, had over in the past in some instances. And, uh, and it was in Ocala at Bubba Raceway Park there one year, uh, about three years ago, I think it was. It, it was so windy and freezing. I, man, I was in the infield on one of the hills, the dirt hills. And I thought I might get blown off of it into like the uh, into the pond in the middle of the muddy pond there because it was so windy. It was just miserable sitting, you know, standing in that. Uh, there was no escape from there. I mean, it was whipping across there. And, and that, that's that's when it's the worst. Uh, you, 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 you hate those kind of days. That, that's for nights and ugh, it's terrible. You are giving me nightmares, Kevin Kovac, of just a uh, bad howling wind. Never a good thing in a racetrack when it's a springtime and the temps are between that, like, 38 to 50-degree range. Uh, Robert, car owner, have a race team. Just the equipment itself when it gets cold. Wanted to kind of touch on that because you talk to plenty of car owners, uh, you know, boom. When it gets cold like that, they don't like to, you know, run their motors through those conditions. We've seen it at Golden Isles where, like, you have a little, like, those – trails a little bit you know it looks like they're drafting almost you can see it because it's so cold and just the wind and stuff like that but yeah it's not good for the equipment either you know a lot of guys will try to to cover their cars to keep tarps on them keep those uh and you'll keep those heaters going underneath and, and it it does help for sure i mean or they wouldn't be doing it you know it, it helps them get their the rear ends especially gets their the oil and, and the rear end uh dope up to to temperature uh it helps the whole car itself but cold weather can just imagine you microwave something you know and and then you let it sit out on the counter for for 30 seconds or 45 seconds you know after you barely barely get it up to temperature not not the temperature that you want it to be at when you actually eat it but just barely by the time you pick it back up, it's going to be cold again. And, you know, an example of this was the very first year uh, of uh, of the indoor race in St. Louis at the Dome. We went out there and raced. And, you know, you guys remember it was freezing cold outside. And, and they, of course, it was the first year. And a lot of things were a lot of moving parts, I guess, to kind of put together. And they were trying to. They didn't want you to to warm up to let your car get up to temperature inside the building um, because of all the, the fumes and stuff. Of course, they couldn't open the back doors because it was so cold outside. So if they can open those, if they anytime they can raise those back doors in that place, it really helps uh, air out that back pit area. But they so they couldn't raise the back doors because it's so cold. They didn't want you to start your car till you got to the front to the exit gate before you drove around to get into the dome, man, it was freezing. So we, we push our car up there. We started as we're going out and we still have, um, I guess I still had the, my board in front of the radiator to, uh, to keep the, to try to get the motor up to temperature to just try. And 
we go up that alley the side road there and i'm sitting on the side of the car guys and i'm absolutely freezing and by the time we ride i ride that one block up through there and before he gets ready to go into the dome you know i'm, I'm going to pull the board out and i have two hood pins to put in i pulled the board out and as soon as i pulled the board out if you looked at our temperature gauge it dropped 20 degrees as soon as i pulled the board out i mean it just sucked that cold air right in there and the the temp went down 20 degrees and then it was so cold i could barely feel my fingers to get the hood pins back into the damn thing he goes out there and races you know does i guess that was maybe for qualifying or whatever so when we got ready to go out there the next time i said i'm gonna just cut part of the board off at the bottom part of my plastic that i had you know made for that i'm going to cut part of it off at the bottom so it can get a little bit of air it was so cold and they were making us cut our engines on and off on and off every time we stopped i said i'm not even going to take it back off i said just it was so cold that the car never even got up to temperature uh and that was those were we know it snowed a little bit and there was some ice and, and it was freezing cold but we were actually indoors and the car never got up to temperature. So imagine racing out where it's 40 degrees or 35 degrees. You've got that wind coming into the motor, into the radiator. Uh, it's, it is um, bad. It's not really, really not good for the motors. And you'll see, that's why you see these really, the good teams, they all have got their, their little, their phones out, checking all their, their uh, weather data and all the information so they can adjust their carburetors so they can make sure you know they get their their fuel mixture just right to try to get those engines at that peak performance under those conditions they're all making those little adjustments but yeah the, the weather is definitely not good for the race cars themselves when it gets in my opinion when it gets below 40 you know, they might tell me different but that's my my thing is when it gets below 40 degrees it's just it's just not good for, you know, for the race cars themselves. And a lot of, a lot of times you have these races, they're like, okay, well, it's going to be, the high is going to be 50 today. So we want to get this show done before it gets dark. Well, the only way to get that show done, and this is one thing that they do, they do this, and I'm not like calling out 411 because it's, because they do this a lot. They do do this a lot but it's really their only option to get a show done before dark. So fans aren't freezing to death. They just, you have to be there at like eight o'clock in the morning. Well, I'm not sure eight o'clock in the morning is freaking cold, you know? So we, we get there at eight o'clock in the morning we're freezing. We finally get to warm up a little bit around, you know, one, two, three o'clock and you hope to get the show done, you know, before uh, the sun starts to go down. That's one way that tracks can combat uh getting a trying to get a race in when it's cold weather like that when it's going to be sunny but they still know it's going to be cold that's and windy maybe that's one way that you know tracks uh, one option they use to try to to combat that but man it's still cold on us racers it's still cold on the equipment because we have to be there so early you know to get everything set up and prepared you know and that's that's one reason like i used to have an enclosed trailer and I, I liked my enclosed trailer, not necessarily to haul my car around in, but I liked my enclosed trailer so I could get out of the elements. Uh, I traded my enclosed trailer. Now I have one of those, uh, I have a, the Pete Parker trailer. Uh, 
and I love my Pete Parker trader, which I will don't ever plan to get rid of. But I just recently went and bought a box truck, you know, a, a, a box fan. So I will have something to get out of the elements in. I didn't want to go buy a, just a regular pickup truck because then I'm still, you know, that enclosed trailer is great throughout the summer months. But man, in the spring and fall, when it's a little bit drizzle or it gets cold, you have no way to get out of the elements when you're a racer. So I'm like, I'm going to go buy this box truck so I can at least get up in there and have a place to, to sit and stay uh, you know, stay warm and dry during the elements because because it's tough all the way around. There's really not a good solution. You're either gonna you're gonna tough it out and race, or you're just gonna stay home. Yeah, excellent points there, Robert. Uh, I like that story of the dome. That was the first year, I believe, and it was like sleet in there on that Friday, Saturday. Cars on the interstate yes. were spinning out. So I'm glad you guys didn't spin out. You know, like the other guys did on the main road. So <clears throat> happy for you. <laughs> It was, it Kovac was cold. Even. It was, it oh, was cold. I was saying that it was for an indoor race. That was about as cold yeah, as sure. I've ever been at a racetrack. Yeah, for sure. And then just like I said, the weather was awful. Like you pointed out, cars are actually spinning on the interstate because it was so icy there. And once you get further South, when it ices, they just don't know how to drive in anything. So, uh, Kovac, uh, you got anything to add really quick before I go back to Kyle about, cold weather and engines. I know you wrote a story back in the day about that with an engine builder. Yeah. I was at Williams Grove for a sprint car race and, uh, and the Grove always tip. I mean, they still do, but they used to run pretty much all the way through March in the afternoons on Sundays. Uh, and there was, there was one really, really cold, uh, Sunday afternoon where they had the sprints, uh, running. And, and I talked to the engine builder afterwards and like, how does this affect the, the motors? I mean, you see all the drivers and all the teams, they had their heaters blasting into their, into onto their motors before they would go out. They had them covered with, you know, blankets and stuff. And he said, it, it could be very, it, it could be bad for these motors, especially like these aluminum heads, aluminum uh, motors that, that, that they run in, which, you know, like with, with late models too, that he could, they couldn't get them up to temperature. Like Robert mentioned, uh, they, you couldn't even, you couldn't even hoped you couldn't even imagine overheating them in those conditions for one but he also said that the the cold temperature you know the, the contract contract you know the, the the metals contract they expand when they get warm they contract again when they get that's that's a not that's a normal thing but it's accentuated when they um when it when the temperatures are really extreme and cold you know, he had mentioned that there was, uh, you know, the, the, these teams might have left their, their cars are in the shops or most of a lot of shops aren't, aren't heated. They might've been in their trailers overnight. And then they come out to that race and it's cold all day and they're trying to get them up to temperature and they can't, it, it, it hurts. Uh, it's, it's hard on a lot of the, uh, uh, the parts of the motors. And he's always afraid of like what happens. Like you talk about a, a rough track hurting or, uh, uh, you know, showing up later, you know, you race cars go on this bounce around. It's going to, what, what's it going to do? Like in the next two, one, next one race, two race, three races down the road, what's going to break because they put through so much abuse. And it's a lot of that same with that engine. They're afraid if you're not taking care of it correctly, getting that up to temperature, uh, that things could happen just the next race that you run, uh, you better be very aware of what's going on. Uh, Robert also mentioned, I mean, uh, you know, you, you you, you, those teams are the good teams are looking at that weather data. They have their little weather humidity and barometric pressure, little, uh, you know, readers, uh, 
to really know how to to jet those engine, jet those carburetors, and and make sure that they uh, don't mess up and have some catastrophic problem. Uh, they have to be even more aware of it when it's really cold weather. It just I'm no engine builder, that's for sure. I don't know tech stuff, but I do remember talking to an engine builder just about that topic. Yeah, it's just when you're like a average race fan or just you know going there, you don't realize all that stuff with the equipment and cold weather. And yeah, I mean, it's another like reason that. why you you cancel a race too. I mean, you're kind of looking out for your everybody. I, mean, I know the fans will complain. Oh, we could we could live we could handle that temperature. You don't want to blow up all these motors and or like football. Too. Yeah, you you don't want to blow up. You know, make these guys end up blowing motors. These teams don't blow motors because you tried to to run when it was like a little bit too extreme of temperature. All right, so we're gonna go around the room. I want you to give the people at home tips and pointers. Like you're going to a race, it's chilly. It might be speed weeks. Might be a March race. What are you going to do? What are you going to wear? How you prepare yourself? Any extra uh, just uh, behind the scenes stuff that you might do that other people might not think? And maybe give, you know, us some tips. Maybe Kyle has something I've never done and I might use it the next time. Kyle, we'll let you lead off. What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be wearing? How do you stay warm for a big time race coming up? Well, I think the X factor in any cold night, you have to have hot hands, right? If you don't have hot hands, I, I just think like back to, you know, like if I have hot hands in my pockets, right. You know, those little heaters that you shake up and, and, and keep them in your pockets and, 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 uh, just to try to stay warm and they last, uh, you know, a while. So, um, I always try to take a few of those into the racetrack, uh, you know, a nice coat, um, as far as pants and stuff, I mean, jeans, you know, that'll work. I don't really wear a hat. I've never really been a, a person to, you know, wear hats and stuff, but hot hands totally. Um, and then some nice socks too, obviously those, those, those wool, uh, almost like hunters socks, right. Uh, those, those, those thick socks, you know, so, but have to have the hot hands. And so, um, you know, that, that'd be, you know, if I have those, I'm, I'm set and I'm ready to go. Um, and you know, I, I also think too, like if I'm like, I remember at speed weeks and I was like milling around, uh, golden Isles and <laughs> I heard a handful of people just like looking for hot hands. And so, um, yeah, that's the, that's the game changer there in my opinion. So make sure you have those. Yeah. And maybe just buy extra and you can sell them to people too, Kyle. Yeah, that actually, that's a great point, you know, uh, make a few extra bucks on the side. That'd be my next side hustle. My quick tip is when in doubt, wear jeans. If you think it's going to be like the borderline, do not wear shorts because it uh, can affect your night. I've done that in my younger ages. I'm like, oh, I can wear shorts. Then it gets dark, especially at the Wild West shootout at Tucson. I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. No, zilch, nada. When in doubt, wear jeans. Keep your hands warm. I always wear a toboggan, as Robert would say. Uh, so I wear those. And also, got to find your boys. Got to find who you talk to the most. So you can go in their trailer, hang out, stay warm, because they're going to be in there too. They ain't going to be lounging around outside if it's one of those nights where it can be long and it's cold. So those are my tips. Find out your boys. When in doubt, wear pants. Robert, how about you? 
I can actually say that that I have never ever used hot hands. <clears throat> I, I don't know um, why. I just never have. But uh, but I always wear before I put a jacket on. If I know it's going to be cold out, uh, I will have three layers on. I'll have my my Under Armour shirt on. That's that's almost crew neck type deal. Uh, that's basically a compression type shirt. I have my t-shirt, then I have a sweatshirt. So that's what I'm going with. And then, then if I really get cold and of course, you know, our sweatshirts, I like them cause they've got the pockets in the front so I can keep my hands warm that way. But, uh, if, uh, if I think it's going to be cold, then I'll carry the, the hat. I mean, I'm sorry that my jacket as well, the jeans, of course, uh, I will, if I know that I'm going to not have a place to get in or out of, uh, I'll always uh, put on, go ahead and put on a pair of uh, insulated underwear or, or long johns, whatever people call them, and uh, get that under my jeans, get all nice and, and tucked in. Uh, try to make sure I go to the bathroom before I get all that stuff tucked in because it can be a it, it can be it can be a bear when you get to the oh my god it can be a bear you get all that stuff on and go to the racetrack and and have to go to the bathroom that can be problems but uh, but get all that get all that on I don't really. I don't wear any different kind of socks. I don't wear extra socks. I don't change my shoes or, you know, extra different kinds of shoes. Uh, don't use hot hands. I do wear, I do, you know, carry me a pair of gloves and, uh, and just carry, carry me a toboggan. And uh, most of the time, unless it's like you said, with the wind, unless the wind is an issue, I'm actually a lot of times too warm. I wound up ditching my sweatshirt and just using my, my jacket. But then of course I still got those, the other layers and uh i just like that compression shirt i've got two of them both of them one of them's under armor one of them's nike i'm not being sponsored by either one by by saying what brand they are uh but uh but yeah those things are are have saved me a lot of times and that's just from what i learned from back covering high school football now you know i'll add that my wife is always cold she doesn't go to the races you know, maybe three times a year, but she's always cold. She just now for Christmas got an electric jacket. It's got a battery you see pack more and in more it. of those at the racetrack. I know Gullet it's, has one. It's got an, a battery pack in it. And it, and yeah. it's like, it's a, it's like a heated jacket. I've never seen such, but she wears that thing. Hell, she might be sitting in the living room wearing that damn thing. So, uh, but, uh, but, but she's always cold, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a tip that I've never used, but, uh, you know, if you want to spend the money, go get you an electric jacket. If you're afraid of, uh, of being too cold. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Those things are coming, becoming a hot ticket item. Like I said, I've seen few people during speed weeks wearing those, a uh, Kovac, you could just ask Todd, uh, I'll work Charlotte, Volusia, Knoxville, Eldora, Smoky Mountain Lakes, places with nice press boxes. So you don't have to leave until after the races. You know, it'd be perfect. Yeah, that's good. That keep that definitely keeps you warm when you have that. And by the way, I was going to mention that that electric jacket there. That was that was a good call there, Robert. Uh, because I, when I was at East Bay this year, I was talking to Jeff Gullett, the crew chief for Dal Dalton Wilson, the Ratliff Racing Team. And he said that he he had said before Christmas that if he didn't get an electric jacket, uh, you know, one of them heated jackets, that he wasn't going to Golden Isles. He was done with these cold races. He's 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 had enough of them. He said he goes, I want one of those heated jackets. He got one for Christmas, and now he's like, he goes, man, it's, it's great. You everyone should get that. He's the biggest proponent 
of heated jackets now because uh, he said it was a game changer for him in the in the pit area uh just working at these shows and you know and that when it when it's really cold um i've, I've never had one of them i've I, I had i've had i have worn in the past got a pair of like you know flannel lined jeans those are pretty good though i mean i was a long time ago i don't have them anymore but uh, i do remember getting them before uh i just throw for the, for these cold races I just throw as many sweatshirts in the car. I mean, I'd rather be have enough, have regular, you know, regular collared sweatshirts and then a, a hoodie for the, the top sweatshirt that you put on. I'll sometimes put two of them and then put a jacket on. I'm going to make sure I'm nice and warm. And uh, the thing is for us uh, writers, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little difficult with the, with the hand trying to write notes down in my notepad though. Uh, I, I always, um, so I, I have a left, I'm right-handed. So I'll have a, glove on my left hand but I just I mean I, I've tried some like thinner gloves and right I just can't seem to write very well when I have a glove on in that hand so I got even with like the tips are over or something you know um now with the phone too you want to be able to check the phone like for scoring or something how they're running so I, I don't wear a, a glove on my right hand but I stuff it in my pocket keep it as warm as possible and then bring it out write a note down stuff it back in just to you know uh to make it through the night um that's that's my t if you're free, if you have to write notes down, you know, you have to you, you can't let your free hand just totally freeze up and uh, get frostbite on it. So, but you can't also cover it up because I just can't write well with that. So those are my uh, those are my thoughts on the you know surviving the cold. All right, listeners watching uh, or people watching and listening at home, either on the podcast or watching it on Dirt on Dirt. Take our tips very seriously. We know what we're talking about. We've been to plenty of cold races. If you're going to go to a race in March, early April, in your neck of the woods, pack heavy. Get the electric blank or get the electric uh, jacket. Get the hand warmers. You'll be feeling good, feeling nice, and hopefully it's not windy because that's uh, that's always brutal there too. Kyle, we'll end the show with one more thing. I'll let you lead off. Yeah, well, I'm going to take all these all these tips and maybe go to Macy's here uh, this week before I, I leave for Farmer City on Thursday because I'm covering the, the Outlaws uh, Illini 100 out there in your land of Lincoln there, Derek. So uh, look for coverage if, if, if uh, all stays as planned um, schedule-wise uh, this, this weekend. It uh, looks like some rain on, on, on Friday, but if, if – uh, if if it can stay warm enough and dry enough on Saturday, should be able to get in that uh, twenty five thousand to win show, and then a practice night on Thursday too. So um, hope hopefully uh, there's some races to write about this weekend. So I'll be heading out there to Farmer City. So make sure you check out all the all all the coverage uh, on Dirt on Dirt. Robert, how about you? Uh, I just uh, some some stuff that came across the, my desk this past week. Uh, two tracks in Michigan, they're like 20 miles apart. Uh, one of them is Winston and one of them is Thunderbird. I uh, have been to Thunderbird, but both of those have sold in the off season. And uh, and we'll continue on racing on Friday and Saturday nights as, as hopefully as sister tracks. Uh, the track there and I guess Muskegon, uh, Thunderbird, uh, Heidi and Jeff Morrill purchased that track and they will continue to run that track. And then of course the, the track over there in Winston, uh, that's, uh, uh, Scott and Pam Phillips purchased that track. 
and uh, both of those tracks will will be in action uh, coming up. I think they're going to try to open April 21st and 22nd. Uh, don't see any major changes on the docket for those for those two tracks. They will continue to run super late models. I think one of them, maybe both of them. I think one of them is going to try to run crate late models also. So uh, for those people over there, and I guess it's kind of the western side of Michigan. You got two tracks that are they're staying in action there, and, and uh, that's a good thing. We always want to keep racetracks open, and so new owners over there, and, and a couple couple of tracks that are just you know less than a thirty minute drive away from each other in Michigan. So hopefully uh, that'll be well uh, bodes well for for those Michigan racers. Look at Kovac getting some kitty there. Jackie boy. kitty right here. Look, look at look at Jackie cats here. Hi Jackie, what's going on, huh? Yeah, oh, hey. Jackie's like what forty? Look at him. He's only nineteen. He's gonna be twenty in a few months. So he wow. he's still he's, big, he was crying guy. over here. George so I had to like cats. Yeah, had to had to he was he was making noise over here, so I had to bring him up on the desk. So <laughs> so I should I go right, my one more back. thing? Yeah, I'll let you go first. Just gotta mention here uh this past weekend uh, that Terry Phillips, uh the longtime uh, racer from uh uh Turns Missouri. Dad. Yep, turns dad turns yeah turns dad yes he does they do look alike don't they, uh, uh, Terry Phillips announced or he he said after winning a USMTS modified race that he has sold out his late model equipment and he's uh, uh, not running the late model anymore he's retired that you would say I mean I'm, maybe he will jump in a late model I'm sure somebody might would throw him in a late want to get him to drive a late model sometime. Uh, in the future, but he doesn't have his own stuff and he's uh, not going to, he's going to concentrate on his modified stuff now. So, I mean, he had a really great career, you know, I mean, in the late model, he's one of only two uh, Missouri drivers to win the show me 100. Uh, so many Mars and MLRA wins. I mean, there's uh, he's been the man in that area for a long time. Uh, and his father was obviously a great racer too. Uh, before him so uh, it, it'll be different not seeing that number 75 uh, in the pits that special like the wild west shootout or the or the show me 100 uh, that'll be definitely uh you know gotta get used to that not seeing terry phillips around for for some races out there in the midwest yeah tp uh retiring from dirt late model racing as of last week uh, my one more thing is i'm going to finish off like Kyle started with, is the Line A100. If you're in the Illinois area, if you're within four hours, please go to this event because the Line A100 was the one that kind of catapulted big money paying races in the land of Lincoln. It started back in 2008 with an instant classic with Billy Moyer winning it. Uh, that was when Shannon Babb started dead last and tried to make a make a bonsai Hail Mary move on uh, Billy Moyer to win it. But I don't know. I just think that race is very special because it – you know, realize like tracks like Fairbury, Spoon River, and Lincoln during Illinois Speed Weeks that, hey, we can have big money paying races in Illinois. And it kind of like set foot there. Uh, the World of Outlaws have been there since the beginning. Uh, it's always a good racetrack. Uh, I don't know. I just always means that racing's kicking off in my home state. So get there. If you're around, get to Farmer City Raceway. I cannot wait for it for the Illini 100. It's been going on for several years now. Let's hope the weather is decent and we can have a good crowd there supporting that supporting the DeWitt County Fairgrounds. Well, guys, I think we gave some good tips to people out there watching for uh, for the weather if it gets cool. 
Uh, let's hope we can get some racing in this weekend because the last, you know, three or four weeks we haven't got much. Until uh, next time, I'm Derek Kessinger. This is the Dirt Reporters. Be sure to check out these three uh, staff riders and their stories. They've been on point all year long here in 2023, and they're, they will continue doing so here the rest of the year. Uh, until next time, I'm Derek Kessinger. This is the Dirt Reporters.